Welcome to the Why and the What Product Management Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kahn, and today our guest is Barry Engel. Barry is a former product manager and product manager leader who has transitioned to product management recruiting. We discuss what Barry looks for when sourcing candidates and tips on how candidates can structure their LinkedIn profiles to stand out for interesting roles. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, Barry. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Thank you very much for having me, Daniel. What's your background um, in product management and uh, what do you do today? So I actually started in sales at a software company. I became a kind of an expert in uh, taking requirements that I'm learning from customers and bringing it back to engineering. In those days, uh, the 90s, late 90s, we didn't really have a product function in the company. I kind of j- jumped into that role, that intermediary between uh, the users of our software and the creators of our software. And that eventually blossomed into a product management function. And for a number of years, uh, with a couple of startups in Silicon Valley, and relocating to New York, some startups in New York, uh, working with companies that were just trying to get products off the ground. I filled that role of being the facilitator and the leader of the product areas to bring them to market. Two years ago, I transitioned from being a product manager, director and VP, where I'd be hiring my own team, to matchmaking in that space. So I decided, oh, this is good. This is a short commute. I have a home office. (laughs) So um, I was able to make the transition and uh, start a recruiting business of my own. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, So you were in a position, um, as as you mentioned, where when you were acting as director of product or VP of product at uh, some of these organizations over the years, you were building teams. Um, that gave you obviously some experience on uh, figuring out what was a good candidate and what was uh, somebody who wouldn't be a good fit. How has that translated over to working external to these uh, organizations? What do you look for in a, uh, a candidate when you're searching for a uh, new person? So sometimes I think I'm, I'm trying to look in the mirror. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I look for someone that has some uh, sales, uh, business development, um, maybe some marketing, but they have a strong interest in technology and strong uh, feeling that they really want to roll up the sleeves and understand uh, how the technology works. Not necessarily to write lines of code, but just understand what, what the use cases are and what the... Uh, uh, the end users really want. You know, what is the job to be done? In addition to that, I really need to make sure they are a person that can be a very strong communicator. This is so key because not only do you have to communicate to executive management or other members of the team and product, you have to work very closely with the engineering team. Um, you've, you've mentioned a couple of things like, uh, the ability to communicate extremely well and, um, decision-making, uh, around product decisions. And how do you actually qualify the, uh, the candidates that you locate, um, to determine whether or not they, they actually have 
these capabilities? I'd like to start with um, them describing uh, a product that they've worked on and how decisions were made uh, as the product development and the product progressed you know, uh, for different versions. Did they attack new markets? How did they decide which markets to attack? Um, what stakeholders were involved in uh, collaborating with uh, the product decisions that were made? I look for if they have to work with uh, revenue figures or market penetration figures for different prioritizations for feature sets to build. It's, it's more holistic, but it's really just to look for specific examples that they have worked on. Usually the people that I'm placing are senior director or VP level. So it's not necessarily just the sort of first time product manager, although sometimes you do get people that are transitioning into product management uh, from maybe uh, a business analyst, uh, or it could be a software engineer as well. But, you know, the software engineers, uh, my point to you is to start rising uh, because yes, they've worked on features and functions, but did they work on anything that was outbound? Were they involved in customer development? Were they involved in going on site to particular customers to find out how users were using the product? How do you feel about um, take-home assessments as uh, part of the process? Yeah, that's a good question. Take-home assessment is fine, but it shouldn't be the sole reason that you're looking at someone to fill a role. Because it's really about the collaboration and communication, which you don't really see on a lot of the take-home assessments. Sometimes it's problem-solving, which is good because it helps a hiring manager to understand the, the decision-making process. It's, it's really more about uh, perhaps a project that you can demonstrate uh, at the company in a real real setting. So maybe the take-home is just some background information and then the uh, candidate comes in and with a whiteboard says, this is how I would tackle this problem. I think those are very effective. I like that idea of a uh, kind of combined assessment method where you're giving them a little bit of uh, homework to do so that they're, they're not coming in from zero. Um, but then the actual conversation um, about the solution and being explored could happen live and you're you're actually working with them on the uh, the communication is um, an interesting approach. Could you walk me through what that uh, journey actually looks like um, when you're working with an organization on a new role from before you and that org have even connected through to actually uh, filling the role? What is what does that actually look like? In most cases, uh, the company is uh, potentially looking for uh, hires. Uh, some companies that I've worked with actually said, well, we've had this position open for two or three months, but we haven't been able to successfully uh, land a candidate for this position. You know, we've posted it on uh, online job boards, or maybe they have an internal HR or talent manager uh, trying to recruit for that. But there hasn't been some of that sort of work well with the team. So they might reach out to me out of frustration because nothing else has worked so far. Um, on the other hand, they say, well, I'm reaching out to you because you know product management. And so we want to uh, talk apples to apples. And I find those conversations actually very fruitful. Once we've agreed to the terms, I go out on the hunt. And I've personally found LinkedIn has been the absolute best connection tool. And many times I'm just catching people that 
I haven't really decided to look, and we, we go through some of the requirements that I'm looking for. It's a very soft sell. Once I get a candidate interested in being in talking to the company, I make the match. So that's kind of my process. You talked about uh, LinkedIn as a uh, pretty irreplaceable tool in the kit for finding leads on candidates. As you're traversing these uh, profiles, what do you find are really the the gold star uh, pieces of information that you see on a candidate's profile that jump out to you that say, hey, this is somebody who looks like they could be a good PM and they'd be they'd be worth reaching out to? Basically, I look for people that are at small to mid-sized companies. I don't really reach out to people that are working for massive companies. And I look for people that have spent three or four years at maybe two or three companies. Uh, so they've had some differing experience with different teams. And of course, it depends on whether this is a, a B2C or a B2B enterprise software company. Having that background is, is really important. It's not specific to the industry, so it doesn't necessarily have to be in an online ordering e-commerce company. Product management skills are transferable. It's, it's really about uh, a candidate's willingness to learn and be flexible, but also having that the fundamental product management experience working with different teams. Pretty much it. You know, I, I can kind of tell just by looking at the LinkedIn background if a profile is worth digging into deeper. Is there a way that these profiles are structured ever that helps either build confidence for you that this could be a good candidate or uh, counterpart to that? Is Are there certain ways that profiles can be written that make you dismiss a candidate? What advice would you give to a candidate um, or anybody who's in product uh, putting together their LinkedIn profile if they want to be noticed for uh, the best opportunities? Well, the key is really in the summary. It's because it's not just a, a date-ordered listing of the roles and the companies you're at. The summary is where you can actually put your own creativity in writing about what you do and what floats your boat. Um, I read those because that is really what is going to reach out to me as a, a potential harder to learn a little bit more about the candidate. The other thing I would suggest not doing is necessarily when you when you list the company in your role, don't just put sort of the boilerplate of what the company does. Put what you did. What was your role? How did you contribute? You know, that's the number one thing I'm looking for, you know, uh, in the LinkedIn profiles. Otherwise, it's just, you know, I worked at Company X from, you know, 2015 to 2019. And this is what Company X does. I want to know what you did. That's the important thing. And um, back to the... Uh the side where you've presented a, a candidate to an organization. Um, what are the, the most common reasons you've presented a candidate who you think could be a good fit and then that candidate doesn't end up being accepted? Where do you find uh, people tend to fall short? What happens is if it's a group that's leading the hiring process and nobody is leading that, then you hire candidates that have the lack of weakness you don't get the, the right person within your organization. I feel like that concept of uh, hiring for strength versus uh, lack of weakness is, is interesting. Um, I, I know, um, have you read the, uh, the hard thing about uh, hard things, uh, Ben Horowitz? I feel like it's uh, well aligned with um, 
some of the things that he talks about in in his book and i i think lines with with some of the things that you're you've discussed already about finding the right candidate for the right company and i know i've asked some questions about in this uh boilerplate situation what would the right thing be to do um but obviously the the benefit of you as a recruiter who's experienced in this space and have worked with a number of companies is that you're able to understand the uh, the individual needs and flavor that a uh, specific company actually needs, um, and what what Ben Horowitz talks about in in that book is, um, and I, I believe um, if I'm remembering it right, he's talking about hiring for uh, his sales leader, um, and it's exactly as you phrased it: it's hiring for strength versus lack of weakness. And he ends up finding a candidate who can really rally the team and put process in place, which was something that they identified they need, as opposed to a different candidate. And I forget if there even was a different candidate in the book, but um, the, the idea that they didn't want to hire somebody who would be inoffensive to the rest of the leadership, what they were trying to do was they were hiring somebody who was going to get the job done. Um, and hiring somebody with that playbook and the ability to do that, even if they were lacking in some other areas wasn't a problem because they knew that this was the right person for that job at that time at that company. Thanks for bringing that up. That's good. I think maybe that's actually a good transition into uh, this question. Um, As you know, um, I often like to end these um, with a a question around resources. Um, Are there a couple of uh, books, uh, blogs, what have you that you would recommend to uh, people in uh, developing their own product careers? Hmm. Uh, One would be a classic, certainly, is Crossing the Chasm. The first company that I was at uh, in in Silicon Valley, uh, we had Jeff Moore come in as a speaker when he first published the book. You know, that whole technology adoption life cycle, actually, and it still stands to this day. So that, that book, I don't mind. Bringing out. I'm sure there's been updated versions of that. The other thing, and I've actually mentioned this a few times in this podcast, is uh, how important customer development is. And um, there's a book, uh, what's it called? The Four Steps to the Epiphany. Uh, Steve Blank, he's a, a Stanford professor. He wrote a book on customer development. And that's really, really important because everybody talks about product development and feature development. But what about customer development? What, what a good book I've found was very conversational readable was when coffee and kale compete <laughs> so it's strange strange title but uh it's it's a, it's, it's a good book about jobs to be done and that whole process and it actually is is uh, it's it's very good read okay fantastic um certainly familiar with uh the first two, um and uh when coffee and kale compete is new to me so i'll have to uh look into that one but um Barry, it's um, been fantastic chatting with you. Thanks so much for uh, sharing your experience in um, product um, role recruiting. Uh, Really great to hear what it's like from your side of the table. Uh, Yeah, thank you very much, Daniel. Thanks for listening to that conversation. The resources Barry mentioned, Crossing the Chasm, The Four Steps to Epiphany, and When Coffee and Kale Compete, are listed in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, you can help by leaving a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app. 
To catch future episodes, make sure you're subscribed to the Why and the What Product Management Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service.